pit bulls? Is it the owner or the breed? I've got a lot of thoughts about this in light of some recent tragic stories about pit bull attacks. There's also a tragedy playing out across Canada as they increase access to assisted suicide, even among minors. But first, I've got a message to parents and to teachers and administrators at Christian schools to stay the course and to make sure that your school is grounded on the word of God when it comes to issues of justice and race and sexuality and gender. So that's what we'll start out with. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to goodranchers.com slash Allie. That's goodranchers.com slash Allie. Okay, y'all, I told you that we would be talking about something controversial, so buckle up. We'll get that. We'll get to that in a little bit. There are so many other things I want to talk about today, and even as I am speaking right now, I don't know everything that we are going to get into. A lot of it we'll have to cover next week because it requires in-depth analysis, and so I promise I will cover everything that you guys have been asking me to talk about for the past week and a half or so. If you haven't listened to yesterday's episode or the day before where I covered Kanye and Herschel Walker and all that stuff, then go ahead and do that uh, because that answers a lot of the questions that you guys have been asking me on Instagram. All right, before we get into some of these subjects, though, I do want to take a minute to just encourage you based on a conversation that I had yesterday with a friend. So this friend, kids go to private Christian school and there is a conversation going on from the administration to the parents of the students there about things like racial inclusion and so-called racial justice. And what this administration seems to be finding is that their attempts at diversifying the student body, their attempts at trying to appease the groups that are calling for greater representation and changed curriculum and for teachers to be Um, talking to white students preemptively about the harm of racism and microaggressions, they're finding that this is not enough, that the demands from um, the group of people who basically want this school to be teaching the tenets and the principles of critical race theory are ever increasing and they are overwhelming. And I'm listening to my friend describe this and She's not a very political person. She also happens to be a a racial ethnic minority herself, and she doesn't agree with a lot of the changes that are being made and uh, what is being proposed by this private school in order to become more, quote unquote, equitable and diverse, doesn't agree with a lot of the complaints being brought forward about a so-called lack of representation or the need for curriculum to represent the racial makeup of the entire world. And so I and I I know this school, I know this Christian school, and I know some people that go there. And what I need, what I need parents at Christian schools, what I need administrators and teachers at Christian schools to realize is that it will never be enough. It will never be enough. As soon as you start trying to teach students that white means oppressor and that black and brown means inherently oppressed. As soon as you try to equate obedience to God or righteousness or compassion or inclusion with superficial diversity quotas, you will find yourself going down a path that ends um, in a submission to every single cultural demand that is placed on the table today. Um, It will never be enough as soon as you start playing that game. As soon as you move beyond as a Christian school saying, hey, everyone is made in the image of God and we are kind to everyone 
no matter what you look like, no matter what your background is, no matter what your nationality is, no matter what your socioeconomic background, we are all equal in worth, equal in value. And according to the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are all equally dead in our sin or equally alive in Christ by grace through faith. We do not carry the historical shame of people who maybe looked like us hundreds of years ago. We don't even carry the the sin, shame, and guilt of our own parents. Um, As soon as you move beyond that biblical message and you start adopting the language of secular social justice, you start uh, adopting the suggestions of people who insist that in order to be truly Christian, you have to treat the white students and the black students and the Hispanic students and the Asian students different based on the assumptions of the collective oppression of each group. I promise you that you will end up on a path to compromise. And while your intentions are pure and are loving and are compassionate and you just want to make everyone feel included and accepted, I understand that. As soon as you start treating students differently when it comes to what you warn them about, what you chastise them about, um, what you uh, tell them that they can and cannot say based on their skin color, I promise you, you are on a path to compromise that will eventually end in you looking more like the world's definition of love and inclusion and compassion than the Bible's. Because what we know from scripture, what we see over and over again is that God hates partiality, that he does view us all with the same inherent value and worth. And we are judged not by our skin color, not by our nationality, um, but by who we are in Christ. And so I just encourage you, parents of students at Christian schools, I encourage you administrators and teachers at Christian schools, stick to that message. Stick to the gospel. Stick to the Bible's definition of justice, the Bible's definition of love, the Bible's definition of compassion. You trying to meet superficial diversity um, quotas simply to say that you do, simply to say that you have fewer white people or fewer Asian people, simply to try to get the applause of the world, I promise you it will simply never be enough Diversity absolutely can be a strength. It can be a good thing. It can um, be something that is beneficial to any community, to any entity, to any school, or to any organization. But only, only if that diversity is brought together in a unified agreement on core principles. And in the case of Christian schools, on the gospel. Diversity for the sake of diversity is not a strength that we see outlined in scripture. Like there is absolutely no um, qualification in scripture for the church or for the body of Christ that every local church or every local school has to have a particular kind of racial makeup in order to be righteous and holy. That's just not how it works. That's not God's standard of love. You stand on the gospel. You stand on scripture. You stand on what is true. You stand on what you know about what God thinks of human beings. um, And you stand on that biblical definition of equality. You teach kindness. You teach impartiality. And you teach love. Do not get into the game of acquiescing to worldly demands Uh, for so-called social justice. And I'll link some past episodes about what critical race theory looks like. Most people who um, spout the tenets of critical race theory say that they have nothing to do with critical race theory. A lot of things that fall under the umbrella of critical race theory, which is an all-inclusive worldview that is diametrically opposed to scripture and to the Christian um, worldview. A lot of the tenets of it sound Christian, can sound compassionate, can sound somewhat biblical, but will ultimately destroy your organization. And it will neither help the white students or the non-white students in your school. So I'm just encouraging, I you know, I can't, 
We can't control necessarily what public schools do, and they are part of the spirit of this age. They are. They are going to go down the path of secularism, even in the most conservative districts. Eventually, the schools that are not moored by the gospel will go the way of progressivism. That's just how it goes. It hasn't happened to your public school yet. It will. But it can also happen to Christian schools if you do not know what God has to say about the individual, what God has to say about human worth, what God has to say about what love looks like and what justice looks like. You are just going to adopt the secular terminology about race and justice, and I promise you will end up compromising on everything else too, and you will benefit no one. So if any parent or any student has a problem in your Christian school with you simply sticking to the gospel when it comes to how you teach your students how to treat people, if they have a problem with equal treatment, if they have a problem with your number one goal in the school not being diversity or not being some kind of um, superficial racial quota, but simply uh, being advancing God's kingdom by equipping students to preach the gospel, to love God and to love their neighbor, uh, then let them have that problem. You stick to the truth. You stick to what's right. I'm very passionate about that for churches and for Christian schools because if it, we have to be a refuge of clarity and of courage in a world of chaos. And like I said, I will I will link some past episodes on that because I really, really, really want Christians to know what biblical justice actually looks like and what the biblical approach should be to these contentious issues of um, race and diversity. Uh, all right. That's That was just my spiel. It's just what I wanted to say about that. We're going to get into some other things in just one second. But let me tell you about our first sponsor for the day. That's Annie's Kit Clubs. They create craft kits for girls, building projects for young woodworkers, even STEM activities for kids who love science and technology. No matter what kind of hobby they are into, Annie's Kit Club has a craft for them. You sign up, annieskitclubs.com slash Allie. They send you these crafts every month. They send all the instructions, all the supplies, everything that you need right to your front door. Kids ages 7 to 12, it's perfect for them. And they can do this like totally autonomously. So it's a great way for them to spend their downtime in a way that is constructive and good for their brain, good for problem-solving skills. So go to annieskickclubs.com slash Allie. You pay month to month. There's no long-term contracts or anything like that. So you can cancel at any time. It's a great deal. annieskickclubs.com slash Allie. You get 75% off when you do. That's 75% off the first month, that is. annieskickclubs.com slash Allie. annieskickclubs.com slash Allie. Okay, guys, there's just so much that I want to discuss. I was just saying to my team just a second ago that I am overwhelmed with the number of things that I want to talk about, and it's really difficult for me to choose. Okay, I think before we get into our pit bull thing, I do want to talk about this story that I saw on Barry Wise's Substack, and I'm going to write an article about it probably for World Magazine because it's just so disturbing and speaks to so many worldview issues that we talk about on this show. And the title of this article is called Scheduled to Die, The Rise of Canada's Assisted Suicide Program. And it's about this young man who was able to get an appointment with a so-called doctor. I don't really understand how you can call yourself a doctor and still be actively doing harm as your profession. But I guess that's true when it comes to the maiming of the genitalia of children who are apparently confused about their gender. Do no harm is no longer part of a real part of the oath that some doctors are taking. In fact, I actually just saw as an aside, there is a medical, there's a, a medical school in Minnesota, where the students at their white coat ceremony were reciting um, their their pledge, and the pledge had to do with honoring indigenous methods of healing and trying to heal the oppression that colonialism and white supremacy and the gender binary have placed on people. That is terrifying. Terrifying. The people who are in charge of you living or dying believe that the gender binary, which is the basis for a lot of unique health problems for men and women, that it's oppressive. That's troubling. Now, I am not against, I am not against 
the medical industry opening themselves up to more holistic and alternative treatments that could possibly work. I do think that because the medical industry is so in bed with big pharma and because the insurance racket that we have in our country makes it profitable sometimes for hospitals not to actually pursue healing, but to pursue prolonged sickness. Like I'm open, I'm open to, I don't know if I'd call it indigenous methods of healing, but I am certainly open to doctors uh, allowing themselves to study other forms of healing than just putting people on pharmaceuticals and keeping them in the hospital indefinitely. That's fine. But to believe that it is a doctor's job to somehow alleviate the alleged pain that colonialism and white supremacy and the gender binary is causing, like that's that's really troubling. But that's what revolutions do. You know, that's what progressive revolutions do. And a lot of a lot of people, they want the revolution. They want the progressive revolution to stop at the point that it may affect them. A lot of people who consider themselves woke or progressive really don't want their doctor to be ideologically motivated when it comes to their treatment. You want a doctor that can do a good job, that knows what they're doing, that cares about their patients and is just going to do whatever they can to keep you healthy and alive. You don't really want them pursuing social justice means when they are trying to prescribe you medicine or when they're operating on your heart attack, right? Like you don't want hospitals to be trying to meet racial quotas or to discriminate people based uh, against people based on their skin color, right? And yet that is what social justice ends up as. But the revolution doesn't stop where you want it to stop. And so the progressive revolution, which has now, which started a long time ago, the sexual revolution, it started a long time ago with the breakdown of traditional gender roles, even with the rise of hormonal birth control and taking um and taking apart the family and dismantling gender and trying to uh uh, rearrange a healthy understanding of race to be something that is constantly divisive as oppressed versus oppressor based on historic wrongs. All of that um, is going to make its way into every institution. That's what it does. It's in our military. It's in major corporations. It's in the federal government. It's going to characterize academia and curriculum and hospitals and the medical industry as well. That's just what the revolution does. And this progressive re uh, revolution, part of it also is the, um, is the belittlement of human life is the objectification of human beings because it is a secular and a godless ideology and worldview. Whereas the Christian worldview is based on the idea that we are made by God. And because of that, he tells us who we are. He calls us male or female based on the body that he gave us. We are made in his image and therefore we matter. We have value. We have souls. We have eternal worth. We're not just clumps of cells. We're not just arbitrary uh, lumps of matter, but our bodies, our souls, our minds actually have innate value. That is the basis for human rights. That is the basis for rights and care and privileges that go beyond what plants and animals are entitled to because human beings are different as made in God's image and therefore our life matters. Therefore, it is wrong to take innocent life. That is why God hates murder so much that he said the only just punishment in Genesis 9-6 for murder is actually the death penalty. I've talked about the death penalty many times. Also, you can go back and listen to episodes on that where I talk about the importance of capital punishment when it comes to crimes like murder. Um, but God cares about the body. God cares about human life. And so abortion is an affront to him. It's an affront to the Imago Dei. But so is the next stage of this progressive secular revolution. And that is so-called dying with dignity or euthanasia. And that is what this article is about um, in Barry Weiss's Substack. It is about this 23-year-old man by the name of Keanu uh, Vafayan. 
I think that's how you pronounce his last name, who was depressed. He had a sickness. He didn't have a job. He didn't have a girlfriend. And so he was able to make an appointment to get, quote unquote, medical assistance in dying. And basically, he was able to meet with a doctor a couple times. And they basically said, sure, we will we will allow you to die. We will uh, assist in your death and we will basically inject you with a chemical. It'll just take a few minutes and then you'll be out of here. Well, his mom figured this out and tried every way that she could to try to stop him from dying. And actually, when she called this clinic to try to get more information about this procedure, the doctor was like, oh, you know, if you're interested in it, I'm I'm happy to see you as a patient. I'm happy to open you up to a consultation and we'll see if we can kill you as well. Um, this is something that is happening uh, across Canada. According to Canada's Department of Justice, parents are generally entitled to make treatment decisions on their children's behalf. The mature minor doctrine, however, allows children deemed sufficiently mature to make their own treatment decisions. And so we're looking at not just a case of 23-year-olds, which is, I mean, still your frontal lobe isn't even developed. And so not only are you making a morally atrocious decision in general, but also you're making it before you can even fully comprehend what this means. But also in Canada, they are allowing minors to do this as well. So if a minor, I mean, it it makes sense, right? Like if you're going to say that a minor can mutilate their body because they feel on the inside that they're the opposite gender, if they can make that kind of life-altering decision, which ends in sterility and permanent maiming of your body and uh, inhibition to healthy bodily functions, then why wouldn't you be able to just decide when you want to die, even without parental consent? Like you see the demonic, the satanic, the evil end of this, that it always ends in the devaluing of human life. And it's the movement that says that they are the ones who actually care about human life and the most vulnerable. Like it, it is all connected, by the way, like you can't take it a la carte. Like this progressive secular movement starts with the idea that we are all cosmic accidents and therefore anything goes. It starts with the idea that there is no God. And so it's going to redefine sex. It's going to redefine gender. It's going to redefine justice. It's going to redefine um, good and evil, right and wrong, what morality is, even reality. So it starts with that and therefore anything goes. And as countries chip away at their moral foundation, something will fill the vacuum that Christianity and at least the Judeo-Christian worldview once filled, and that is secular progressivism. And secular progressivism, everywhere it spreads, like a cancer, kills. And it literally, in this case, kills. It allows for abortion. It allows, again, for the brutal maiming of a body for people who claim to be confused. It ends in incentivizing crime, incentivizing poverty and homelessness, government dependence, taking away the purpose that people derive from productivity and jobs. It breaks down the family and makes fatherhood demonized and arbitrary. It takes away the authority that God has given to parents to steward and care for and to protect their children. It destroys everything that is good. So you see why voting matters, like you see why politics matter so much. In a lot of cases, it's literally a matter of life and death. And that is part of why, like, I get so frustrated when I see Christians who try to be on board with one part of the progressive revolution, thinking that the revolution's not going to show up on their doorstep and try to attack their kid and disciple their children and recruit their family. It's going to happen. It all starts with the assumption that there is no God. That's how you get to a place like this. That's how you get to a place like this. Um, There is a doctor that is mentioned in this piece, Dr. Derek Smith, a psychiatrist at the University of British Columbia, um, who views the rise in uh, medically uh, medically assisted suicide deaths as progress. 
Smith never took the Hippocratic Oath, he said, because he thought it was archaic. He said it's about relieving suffering, respecting human dignity, like dystopian. It's always the opposite with these people. It's always the opposite of what is true. Relieving suffering and respecting human dignity, you are actually killing a person. Also, I want to say like, this is where I say this a lot. Uh, this is where this idea that virtue simply means the presence of consent gets you. But consent is not enough to decide if something is moral or ethical or even should be legal. That is where hyper-individualism gets you. That is where the idea that the individual is God, that the individual is sovereign, that we shouldn't be anchored by any objective morality or universal truth or any collective set of values or any kind of moral or biblical foundation, but you do you, you decide your own truth, you become your own God, you're your own arbiter of of morality. It's an exchange of the God of scripture for the God of self. And if you are your own God, then you will do whatever it takes to worship you. And that means doing whatever feels good at the moment, no matter what anyone else says, no matter what ethics or the law or morality says. Again, that is the consequence of that. Consent is not enough to determine whether or something should, whether or not something should happen or whether or not something is good. So I don't really give like a rat's patootie whether or not a 17-year-old or a 25-year-old or a 55-year-old uh, consents to being poisoned by their doctor. My belief in human beings is made in the image of God. My belief that murder is wrong because we are made in the image of God prohibits me from being on board with that. There are a lot of things that people consent to that are not right and should not be legal. Like you can allow yourself to think and imagine for one second what some of those things could be. Um, but there are actually doctors um, that have a lot of influence that actually think that this is progress, that this is good. This doctor goes on to say it's about recognizing the inherent rights for individuals to make decisions affecting their health and even their death. Patients who were going to die were assisted along the way with high doses of narcotics. The rationale was to make people comfortable. I mean, that is murder. And you know, this is not just happening, by the way, with people who have their full faculties. Uh, this is also happening this is also happening to people with special needs this is happening to the elderly this is happening to people who are sick and yes they might say oh technically they consented to this but very often the stories that we hear are stories of um of of being pressured of being pressured to so-called die with dignity it's just a fancy word for murder and there's more I want to say about this in just a second, but I got to pause and I got to tell you about our next sponsor, and that is ExpressVPN. All right, you guys know that your online privacy is so important. Your internet service provider could be turning around and selling all of your private information to a third party in order to make money. ExpressVPN anonymizes your internet activity and also reroutes your internet activity. And so your uh, location will also uh, be private. I use ExpressVPN. I use it every day. It's in the background on my computer, on my phone, on all of my devices. I just like feeling secure knowing um, that my information is being kept private and isn't being bought and sold uh, by internet service providers and then sold for uh, to the highest bidder. So go to expressvpn.com slash Alley to get an extra three months for free. That's expressvpn.com slash Alley. It's compat compatible on all your devices. There are servers in 94 different countries. And so you can also access different kinds of entertainment on things like Netflix when you use your VPN. That's pretty cool. Go to expressvpn.com slash Alley, expressvpn.com slash Alley. Also, uh, this is not just happening to 17 year olds so-called mature minors. It's not just happening to 23-year-olds. Like this is also happening to babies. There was a study out of, um, out of Belgium uh, that showed that doctors there uh, killed 24 babies in 15 months um, because they had, quote, no hope of a bearable future. 
So, I mean, what does that look like? What is the definition of that, by the way? Who gets to decide that? I mean, I can tell you when you have a state-run medical care, when you have Medicare for all, when you have single-payer health care, I can tell you who decides that. And it's the state. The state will decide who lives or dies. You don't think that could be possibly abused to kill not just people who society deems um, who society deems not valuable, people with special needs, uh, but also people who have bad opinions, people who have committed wrong think, political opponents, communities of people that don't want to be, that the government doesn't want to deal with anymore. You think that we can't go that direction? I think we've seen at this point that the slippery slope argument is not really a fallacy because everything that the conservative right, the religious right predicted would happen, especially when it comes to the sexual revolution over the past 10 to 20 years has happened even worse than we thought. I don't think we ever thought that there would be grown adults endorsing things like quote unquote, family friendly drag shows. And yet here we are. I don't think that we ever thought that 12 year old girls would be getting their healthy breasts removed at hospitals like Kaiser Permanente in California. Um, And yet here we are. I don't think that we ever would have thought that boys are getting castrated because they say that they're a girl when when they're 15 years old. And yet here we are. And so anything that you can imagine happening as a result of a particular progressive policy it's just a matter of time. Like it likely will happen. And so if you allow this in, if you allow to say, oh, well, it's just if they consent to it or they're having a really hard time or they're um, they're depressed or they're miserable, but they're a mature minor or uh, they're 25 years old, they're an adult, they can, they can do this. I promise you that opens the door to worse atrocities than you can even imagine. And they will all be legal. They'll all be legal. So a little more about this story that was published on Barry Weiss's Substack. Um, It says on September 8th, the day after the mother of this young man who was going to commit suicide uh, talked to the doctor, uh, she went to Facebook and she posted, can you effing believe it? The doctor literally has given him the gun to kill himself. I mean, that is what it is. This is no different than giving a suicidal person, a depressed person, a gun to kill themselves. So rather than saying, hey, there actually is hope, there's purpose, there's community here. Let me point you in the right direction. Your life and your body, they matter. Um, It's just saying, you know what, you're absolutely right. It's not worth you living. You would be better off dead and giving them a gun to do that. But because it's in this nice, cushy doctor's office and because they use phrases, euphemisms like dying with dignity, and because it's used through an injection and not a handgun, apparently that's something that is um, acceptable and, um, and legal. Now, her son did not end up going through with it. He was depressed. He was going through different kinds of health issues. And thank God he decided that he didn't want to die in this way. He didn't want to commit suicide. He didn't want to be murdered by this doctor. He said when he was talking about this that he wanted to be closer to God. And that is why he wanted to end his life. He just wanted to end his pain and suffering. And so I think for Christians, what we see is not just that like the ethical uh, atrocity that this is and the horrible assault on the Imago Day, and just where a lack of morality can send you, but also what hopelessness without the gospel looks like and without a hope of heaven and without an understanding of our purpose here on earth and without knowing Jesus as your fulfillment and as your healer, even if he doesn't heal you physically in this life, he will make you new and heal you spiritually. And one day you will be fully and finally healed, but he is in charge of your fate. He is in charge of your destiny. He is in charge of both your body and your soul, and he will decide. He will decide when it is time uh, for you to die and trusting him in that and trusting that even when there is pain in this life, um, that the gospel gives you hope and that he can give you joy and a peace that surpasses understanding. Like you see what, uh, what us taking God out of the public sphere has done. And us believing that like the secular mentality about life and the value of life is just um, that it's neutral. 
and that that's what we should be teaching in schools. That's what we should be presenting in the media. That's what should be the foundation of our laws. It will only end in fragmentation, in death, and decay. And so Christians, try to abandon that idea that you are the only group of people that has to check your worldview at the door before engaging in the civic and cultural sphere. Progressives don't do that. They have invited their worldview into every single institution, their pseudo-religion, into the law, into the classroom. It's only Christians who are ever told that you're not allowed to bring your beliefs to the table when we're discussing these issues. But we see where that has gotten us. When we no longer believe people are made in the image of God, when we believe that we really are all clumps of cells, anything goes, even euthanizing human beings that are simply going through a hard time. Um, And so this does kind of all go back to uh, the importance of sticking to what we know is true and not allowing the world to influence um, our views of what the law should be and what is ethical and moral. Um, All right, now I've got, I've got my controversial, controversial uh, segment here. And it does all tie together because we are talking about the importance of human life. But let me tell you about our next sponsor for the day before we get into it. And that is Raycon. All right. If you don't have wireless earbuds, what are you doing? Every time I lose my wireless earbuds, I'm really sad because my life is a lot more complicated and it's just harder to move around and do the things I want to do when I'm trying to listen to a podcast, but I've got to like put my phone in my pocket. So you need wireless earbuds and Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. They've got optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit and they're super comfortable and they come with like different size gel tips. So you can uh, find the ones that work for you. Gives you eight hours of playtime, 32 hours of battery life. It's also half the price of other premium audio brands. And so uh, make sure you check them out at buyraycon.com slash Allie. You can check out all the features that they have. They have different uh, uh, modes like noise isolation, awareness mode, really good stuff. Go to raycon.com slash Allie today. Use promo code Allie to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buy, B-U-Y, raycon.com slash Allie, code Allie for 15% off, buy raycon.com slash Allie. Okay, let's talk about pit bulls. And I'm not talking about the artist. I am talking about the dog. And this is such a controversial topic. Every time I post about it or every time I say something about it, I get a lot of pushback. Also a lot of support because I would say probably the majority of people are anti-pitbull. But pitbull apologists are extremely enthusiastic. And in my opinion, very often, often, I'm not speaking to all of you, but very often extremely irrational. And it's funny, I'm I'm talking even about those who are conservative, who are pit bull defenders and pit bull apologists, and they will all of a sudden, in my opinion, spiral into what is like a left-wing mode of argumentation, literally from conservatives for criticizing pit bulls and the ownership of pit bulls. I've been called a racist. I do not know what that means. Is it racist because I am against the race of pit bulls? Is it racist because there are black people who own pit bulls? I don't know. But I do want to talk about this because it could save a life. I'm not just trying to poke the bear or poke the pit bull. I mean, I would never poke the pit bull. I like my face. Um, but I I read this story the other day and I thought, okay, I'm going to talk about this. It's so controversial. People get so angry about it. But I mean, people's lives in some cases are on the line. And it's this story that unfortunately, um, or that a lot of you saw that was just so absolutely tragic. And um, it comes out of Shelby County, Tennessee. I'm sure you saw it reported by the New York Post that this mom was hospitalized uh, after her two kids were killed in a pit bull attack. And so this family looks like a very sweet family, doesn't look like people who like, you know, are abusing their dogs or are, you know, putting their dogs in some kind of like illegal fight ring. These look like dog people, a sweet, cute, stable looking family that had these two pit bulls that they really loved. And previous social media posts show that they were 
pit bull apologist. And these two dogs out of nowhere reportedly mauled these two children, a five-month-old boy, Hollis, and a two-year-old girl named Lily just outside of their home in Tennessee. And the mother, Kirstie Bernard, um, 30 years old, she was severely injured by these dogs, by her pets that they have had for years, and is in the hospital. The children were pronounced dead at the scene, a five-month-old baby and a two-year-old little girl. Reportedly, what happened is one of the dogs went after the five-month-old and just wouldn't let go. The mom tried to get this dog off and the dog wouldn't let go. And then the same thing happened uh, to the two-year-old as well. And the mom couldn't do anything about it. And that is what happens with a pit bull attack. That's what happens with a pit bull attack because that is how they were bred. That is what their breed does. It goes all the way back to their origins. They were actually created to do this kind of thing to animals. And we just cannot get outside of the nature of what pit bulls are. And people need to recognize that, that it's not the owner, it's the pit bull. I'm not saying that there are not bad owners out there. There, there are bad owners out there. And there are owners that unfortunately exacerbate the nature that pit bulls have to fight and to, to grip down on something and not let go. Uh, but there are a lot of good owners, a lot of loving owners that have had pit bulls since they were babies. And all of the sudden, the pit bull freaks out one day and mauls them. Hopefully not to death, but in a lot of cases, they do. I mean, there are a few other stories. Uh, there are a few other stories like this that I've that I've seen. So this happened in Louisville, Texas. A woman um, she had a puppy that she was trying to introduce to one of her friends and her pit bull that she has, which is 100 pounds, all of a sudden just freaked out for seemingly no reason and tried to uh, maul her friend, uh, lunged at her friend, sunk his teeth into his neck. And so the owner was trying to get him off, uh, the trying to get him off his friend. And then she went into the bathroom and the dog made it into the bathroom and started attacking her, completely mauled her, almost took her arm off. The dog tore off two-thirds of Taya's right arm, ate her bicep, and sank its teeth into her leg and foot. And she was screaming, help me, I'm dying, when her daughter and uh, her daughter's husband rushed into the living room. Eventually, she made it into the hospital, and she helped, I mean, or, or she was able to survive. But you see pictures of her apartment. I mean, the carpet is soaked in blood. The walls are dripping in blood because of this attack by this pit bull that she said and that she would have said was this loving dog that would have never done something like this. There was another story, North Carolina, July 2020, uh, July of 2022, where a dog sitter let these two pit bulls, her friends pit bulls out into the backyard and all of a sudden they turn around and mauled her. Um, also, July of 2022, according to the New York Post, an elderly woman killed by family pit bull in gruesome attack on Long Island. This was a 70-year-old woman, and there is no indication that she provoked these attacks in any way. And the pit bulls of her family turned around, viciously mauled her, and killed her. There was also a couple, Greenville, um, uh, North Carolina, just a couple days ago on October 9th. This couple, Bobby Joyner, 82, Annie Joyner, 78. This is, again, according to the New York Post. They were brutally attacked by a pit bull. Thankfully, they just went to the hospital. They had to undergo surgeries for their injuries, but they were not killed. Um, there's a story out of Phoenix, Arizona. A Phoenix woman was uh, a attacked by pit bulls and her uh, the owner of the pit bull just decided to run away rather than doing anything. And so I could go on and on. I see these kinds of stories all the time. And I understand that pit bulls are not the only dogs that are biting. I understand that pit bull is a large umbrella category for some different kinds of dogs. But like we understand what a pit bull is, right? Like no one is calling a golden retriever a pit bull. No one is like secretly putting a true lab mix into the category of pit 
pit bull. For, according to the United Kennel Club and the American Dog Breeders Association, the official name is American Pitbull Ter- Terrier, and it has certain characteristics that um, that categorize a dog as a pit bull. Almond-shaped eyes, a very heavy and muscular neck, a medium-length tail that tapers to a point, a smooth and short coat, a broad chest. They were originally bred for blood sports such as bull baiting and bear baiting, and they were eliminated in 18, uh, after those were eliminated, the bull baiting and the uh, bear baiting were eliminated in 1835, they were moved to dog fighting. Um, And in America, they were used to catch dogs, especially trained dogs used to catch large animals or as catch dogs. So they were trained uh, to catch large animals in hunting and working livestock, semi-wild cattle, hogs to hunt hogs and to drive livestock. And they were trained because they have such a strong upper body and because they have such a strong bite to grab onto the neck of these animals and not let go. That's what they were bred for. All right. That is in their nature. It does not have to do with the owner. It has to do with the kind of breed. And I just, this is why I say that people apologists seem to me so irrational because they say, oh, it's the owner. So it's the owner only with pit bulls, but with no other kind of no other kind of animal, because I promise you, or no other kind of breed, like I promise you that we did not teach our golden retrievers to retrieve. We didn't teach them how to swim growing up. They just knew how to do that. You don't have to teach a Australian shepherd how to herd sheep. Like you don't have to uh, teach labs how to catch a tennis ball and swim in the water. They already know how to do that. Every breed has characteristics that are a part of their nature that were bred into them. And pit bulls were created to hold on to something, hold on to a neck and not let go of it. They were created to be aggressive. There is a reason why they are used as fight dogs and, for example, golden retrievers aren't. Now, I know I'm going to get a bunch of comments saying, well, my chocolate lab bit my child and my pit bull helps me make oatmeal for my baby in the morning and I would let my pit bull rock my infant to sleep and you don't know what you're talking about. I'm sure that you've had great interactions with pit bulls. I can actually tell, like if you have both of your arms, that's a really good indication to me that you have had positive interactions with pit bulls. I'm sure your pit bull is nice. And maybe your pit bull will probably never do anything wrong in its life. And it probably has been really sweet to your babies and it will probably go to its dying day without doing anything. But the fact of the matter is, is that pit bull other, uh, more than other dogs are unpredictable. They have something in their genes, in their DNA that we do not fully understand that makes them maul and makes them attack to kill. There are other dogs that attack. Please, please, please do not comment that chihuahuas uh, bite more than pit bulls. Okay, when you when you can send me stories about chihuahuas mauling and killing toddlers, uh, then okay, like we can we can have a conversation. I'll do a segment about that too. Like chihuahuas aren't trained in the same way. They don't bite to kill. They can't maul. I'm not saying that other dogs don't attack, but it is in the DNA of pit bulls to maim and to kill. And so. I absolutely believe that we should not be breeding pit bulls. Are you kidding me? I think it's absolutely unethical that there are shelters that will call pit bulls a lab mix so they will get adopted out. There is also just propaganda um, about pit bulls. There's been like this image rehab ever since the whole like Michael Vick scandal several years ago, trying to make it seem like pit bulls are just like any other dogs. Um, There was, there's this quote from There's a animal shelter in North Carolina, Wake County, North Carolina animal shelters encouraging people to adopt one of the dozens of pit bulls in their shelter in the month of October. Pit bulls might be the most misunderstood dogs, they said, surrounded with negative stereotypes and false perceptions. They're sweet as pie when they're loved and cared for. I'm sorry, but that's just not necessarily true. There are lots of pit bulls that are loved and cared for who maul infants. I guarantee you that family in Shelby County, Tennessee, uh, where the baby and the toddler were both mauled to death by these pit bulls, I guarantee you that they were caring for them well. It is a part of their genetics. 
Okay, quick pause to tell you about our next sponsor, and that is Naturally It's Clean. This is a product that I use all the time. I love their cleaning products. They use um, they use the same kinds of ingredients that are used in hospitals to make sure that their uh, spaces are sterilized. And yet it is much safer and much less toxic than like your standard cleaning products. They have powerful enzyme cleaners that address tough outdoor stains and especially mold issues. I really like their carpet cleaner as well as their just uh, multi-surface cleaner. We're using that stuff all the time. And their stain remover also really works. And they're helping out Florida right now as Florida is dealing with disaster uh, disaster relief. They are uh, donating some of their uh, their their proceeds to Governor DeSantis's Florida Relief Fund through volunteerflorida.org. 10% of their proceeds will go to Florida to help them rebuild. I would recommend starting with my Essential Starter Kit. Uh, it has all the stuff that I love and just to get you started to see if you like Naturally It's Clean, which I think that you will. So it's a four pack of the Essential Starter Kit, which includes four of their top products. Go to naturallyitsclean.com slash Allie. Use code Allie to uh, receive 15% off. Naturallyitsclean.com slash Allie. Code Allie. Everything is made right here in the U.S. They also offer free two-day shipping direct to your door. Uh, naturallyitsclean.com slash Allie. The ASPCA also says all dogs, including pit bulls, are individuals. No, they are not. No, they are not. Not all dogs are individuals. You cannot find me a golden retriever that cannot retrieve. You can't find me an Australian shepherd that doesn't naturally herd things. Like, you're not going to be able to prove that to me. You're just not. They're not individuals. They might have their own personalities in some ways, of course. But they have characteristics of their breed. Gosh, we are so stupid. People are so dumb. I don't understand how this has become like a political, ideological, emotional thing. All right? Pit bulls are an aggressive breed. And they kill when they attack more than any other breed. There is absolutely no reason for it to be legal to breed them. And they should be, it should be by law that they have to be sterilized. It should be very difficult to keep a pit bull because it's about the safety of communities. It's about the safety of families. There was this horrible story I, I remember reading uh, not too long ago um, out of Fort Worth, this little girl, she went into her backyard like she usually does and her family had two pit bulls and the pit bulls just mauled her to death. Apparently, that's a, like a sacrifice or that's a risk that people are willing to take. Now, of course, I do believe that we should be careful around any kind of type of dog, that we should be um, that that we should be cautious, of course, when allowing our kids around them. But we should also be prudent when it comes to what kind of dogs we own and what kind of dogs uh, we allow to uh, what dogs we allow to breed. There are also some academic articles about this. So according to the National Library of Medicine, an article there, dog bites of the head and neck and evaluation of a common pediatric trauma and associated uh, treatment there um, of the dog bites that they studied from January 2012 to January 2013, pit bulls were involved in one third of the attacks that they studied. 94% of the pit bull attacks required surgical consultation. See, that's the difference between a bite from a lab and a bite, a bite from a pit bull. You might have a serious bite from a lab. They might bite, but 94 of the pit bull attacks required surgical consultation. 48% attacked without provocation. Um, there is another study from April of 2011, mortality, mauling, and maiming by vicious dogs. And they looked at 228 total patients of dog bites. Um, only 82 patients reported the breed of dog that attacked them, but 29 of those, 36% of those were pit bulls. Now, remember that pit bulls only make up about 6% of the population, yet they are making up a large percentage of these very serious dog attacks. There is another study 
character uh, clinical pediatrics characteristics of 1616 consecutive dog bite injuries at a single institution from July 2016 over half of the surgeries uh, required we're talking about kids over the age of 4 years old at one hospital over half of the surgeries required were because of pit bulls pit bulls were 2.5 times as likely to bite in multiple anatomic locations as compared to other Breeds. Most of the operating procedures were major wound irrigation and closure, more than just a few stitches or eye and eyelid uh, repair. And so this is the reality of the existence of pit bulls. And the media used to be more honest about this. There is this Time Magazine article called The Problem with Pit Bulls and people freaked out about it. Um, but it talks about the facts that pit bulls make up only 6% of the dog population, but they're responsible for 68% of dog attacks and 52% of dog-related deaths since 1982, according to research compiled by Merritt Clifton, editor of Animals 24-7. Another report published in April 2011 found that one person is killed by a pit bull every 14 days. Two people are injured by a pit bull every day, and young children are especially at risk. Even PETA, the largest animal rights organization in the world, supports breed-specific sterilization uh, for pit bulls. A spokesperson for PETA uh, stands by that statement saying, or stood by that statement, at least when this was published, these dogs were bred to bait bulls. They were bred to fight each other to the death. Just because we're an animal rights organization doesn't mean that we're not care, that we're not concerned about public safety. There was also an opinion piece that I thought was good in Cincinnati Inquirer where Dr. David A. Billmore, he's a professor and director of the Division of Craniofacial and Pediatric Plastic Surgery at Cincinnati Children's Hospital. He's got 30 years of experience and... Um, uh, he says that in his experience, he has seen the kind of the kind of damage that pit bull attacks cause on children. He tells different he he tells in this article different terrible stories about what he has had to do with these pit bull victims. He said that he has had to watch a child bleed to death because a pit bull had torn his throat out. He had to rebuild the skull of a child who has had his ears and scalp torn off. He has had multiple uh, facial reconstructions of kids whose faces have been torn off to the bone. Innumerable rebuilding of noses, lips, eyelids, cheeks, jaws, legs, and hands. He says, based on my extensive experience, I believe that the risk posed by pit bulls is equivalent to placing a loaded gun with the safe off on the coffee table. In my opinion, these dogs should be banned. Um, and it's not even it's not even the same as saying that um, you know they're putting the gun on a coffee table. It's even worse than that because the gun actually requires someone to pick it up and to pull the trigger. Whereas you don't have to do anything to a pit bull for them to attack you. And one argument that I hear from like conservatives who are pit bull apologists, they'll say, oh, so you must believe in banning guns too. It's the same kind of mentality. It's the same kind of rationale. Well, when we have a constitutional amendment that is guaranteeing our right to a pit bull, maybe that'll be a good argument. But it's not the same at all. Again, one, because you actually, like a gun is an inanimate object. You can use it for good purposes. You could use it for bad purposes, but it is used to fight the tyranny of the government. And of course, for self-defense, pit bulls do not have the same purpose and they're not the same at all. So I just find that to be like a really, really strange argument to be made. So all in all, please think twice before adopting a pit bull. Think twice before keeping your pit bull, especially if you have children. I do not care how sweet your pit bull has been. Like it is something that you have to take seriously. I don't care how how great your experiences with pit bulls have been. I am anti-pit bull. My producer, Bree, says that she is an anti-pit bull radicalist. <laughs> and so we are all on the same page, thankfully, over here. I was really worried that she was going to tell me that she was like pro-pit bull or something. But really, like, I find that whenever I bring this up, I get such irrational pushback on it. There was actually someone who told me she's not going to listen to my podcast anymore because of my pit bull criticism. So I just decided to put it all out there in the hopes that maybe someone will take this advice and take these statistics and stories seriously and not own a pit bull. 
that's what I got to say about that. All right, last sponsor for the day, and then we'll wrap, and that is, of course, Carly Jean Los Angeles, one of my favorite sponsors because I love their stuff so much. I am wearing Carly Jean Los Angeles today, as I usually am, this basics top made in the United States. It's a nice, pretty rust color for fall. And then I've got these awesome pants that are these like wide like pants that I think are really flattering that I really like. Um, I just love Carly Jean Los Angeles so much. The lady who owns Carly Jean Los Angeles, Carly Jean herself is an awesome person. They support the same things that you and I do. And so um, I and I just love their clothes too. And I love their products. I love everything they stand for and everything they sell. If you go to carlyjeanlosangeles.com and use promo code AllieB, you'll get 20% off excluding final sale items always free shipping over a hundred dollars go to carlyjeanlosangeles.com promo code allieb carlyjeanlosangeles.com okay that episode went uh a lot longer than i thought it would in a lot of different directions than i originally intended we kind of kind of just did it on the fly except for that pitbull part we decided that we were going to talk about that that was the controversial piece that I said that I was going to be discussing yesterday I understand I am probably going to get a lot of angry messages and the ironic thing is that people will simultaneously the message that I will get like within the same message it will it will be wow pitbulls are so peaceful and awesome and wonderful but if I ever see you I'm gonna sick her on you and I'm like yeah it's because you understand that your pitbull has a propensity towards violence. So let's just have a little rationality here and let's just try to do what is best, not just for ourselves, but also for our our neighbors. And that means sterilizing all pit bulls. Thanks. All right. We will be back here on Monday. No, tomorrow. What's today? Today, Thursday? No. So we will be back here on Monday for more. See you guys then.